Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast, on which I today have Mark Stoos, who is the CEO of Prove Analytics, and he runs a podcast called Accelerating Value. Go go look it up, folks. So, um, Mark, first of all, could you introduce yourself to the audience? Certainly. Thank you for having me on the show. And uh, as a podcast host myself, I I uh, just really appreciate uh, all the prep that goes into doing uh, one of these. So thank you for that. Um, I am, in a nutshell, I am a former large company CMO turned software uh, CEO uh, and proof, that is proof analytics. And uh, we're an analytics software company that has automated uh, regression analytics. So what some people would call marketing mixed modeling. Uh, We've automated it, made it very accessible and much easier, faster, cheaper, everything to to leverage. Um, And when we have integrated it into one of the leading uh, MRM, marketing resource management platforms, which is like a system of record for for marketing teams. And um, we're the only one that's um, native on Salesforce. So we we bring a lot of uh, advantages, particularly with uh, with respect to automated da- data download out of Salesforce clouds and all that kind of stuff. So that's uh, that's essentially who I am, um, and I have a I've been doing marketing and and communications and uh, commercial roles for twenty years. Yeah, absolutely. So I I took a peek at your um, LinkedIn profile. You have a pretty pretty uh, impressive uh, resume there. So some pretty great experiences. So um, talking about that marketing mixed modeling or triple M or whatever you want, you want to call it um, right. just because that, that was a lot of info that you just shared there. So for, for listeners that have never heard about marketing mixed modeling in, in a couple of sentences, what, what does it do? So marketing mixed modeling is, you're using uh, multivariable regression mathematics, which is what scientists and a whole bunch of other people use to answer about 80% of the world's questions. And you're in this case, you're using it to determine out of all of your marketing investments, net of time lag, so the amount of time that it takes for them to take hold, which are the most effective against a particular business outcome. Cool. So that could be revenue generation, it could be profitability, it could be sales velocity, it could be recruiting and retention, it could be almost anything, right? And so if you think about it, you know, you always have a goal that you're trying to achieve and in analytics that would be the dependent variable. And then you're you're doing all of these things that you believe are going to help, you know, attain that that outcome. And then, uh, and so those are independent variables. And then there are other independent variables over which you have no control at all, like the macroeconomic picture or what your competitors are doing or things like that, right? Um, that are either bearing against what you're doing or, or 
serving to accelerate it. And, and so the first MMM ever was done by Procter & Gamble about 30 years ago. They still rely on it very, very heavily today. It has, it, it is, you see it a lot as a practice in B2C companies in the Fortune 100. The reason why it has always struggled to get bigger than that, um, keeping in mind that MMM today is about a $4 billion market, so there's a lot of money spent on it, is that it was very expensive, extremely mm -hmm. expensive. And so like at Honeywell, where I was CMO, we did it on a B2B basis. Um, and the only way that we could achieve the velocity of calculation and, and thus make it operationally relevant to what we were doing in terms of planning and predicting and changing as you know, our, our marketing investments was to essentially create a huge data science team. And it, you know, I was spending seven, $8 million a year just on data analytics. There's not a whole lot of companies that can afford to do that. And True. so it occurred to me that there was this opportunity uh, out there to automate it, to use AI and automation and other things to make this vastly more approachable and, and have a lot more utility for a lot more people. And so that's proof in a nutshell. And so cool. instead of spending several million dollars, you spend 50 grand. Very interesting. Very interesting. Because, um, uh, yeah, like what you said is that it's usually being used by larger companies and regression modeling, et cetera, is being done, well, traditionally in financial industries, et cetera, of course, um, uh, in in insurances, et cetera. That's where we traditionally would, would find those kinds of models. Um, and now you also make them available to, to marketers in a, um, well, way that they can actually start using it without spending millions on it. Um, which yeah, is and also we making it a lot more approachable, right? Meaning or understandable. I mean, most marketers don't like math, right? So you have, if you just, you know, give them a bunch of slides with charts and graphs on it, that's not going to mean a lot to them. And so we had to develop a completely different UX that, essentially operates exactly like the GPS on your phone. Cool. And so it, it is saying, well, this is where you are. And you've said, this is my gold. And, and it gives you a route to value. Um, I'm talking about proof now. Your mm -hmm. route to value, a pathway forward to attain that goal. And then it's, re, it's recomputing the model, just like a GPS does uh, on your phone, and constantly keeping up in real time with what's going on. And so if things change, it's going to suggest a reroute. Again, just like on your phone. So, uh, so basically what you're doing here is you're, you're using info from the past, you're uh, processing that information using AI, and you're advising on future strategies. That's what you're doing? Yeah, it's, it's actually a forecast. It's giving you a forecast. And then as the future becomes the present, you're immediately able to see the how close the reality is to the forecast. 
And if there's a variance there, why? Why is why does that variance exist? You know, did something, did one of your competitors do something that changed the game? Um, is do interest rates have a, a big role to play in your particular business? Um, you know, all that kind of stuff is is like traffic piling up ahead of you on on the road, right? That may all of a sudden your GPS on your, on your phone says, "Hey, you know what? This was the best way. It's no longer the best way because there was an accident. Now there's a lot of traffic, and so we want you to take a right and then a left and then a right and then a left, and then you know you're going to be eight minutes late to your destination, but we're going to get you there." And so that's proof. So, wow, cool. So so what? Given all the uncertainty and change of events that we've had the past years during the pandemic and the things that we're seeing now um, yeah. war in the ukraine um, super high inflation rates um, money becoming scarcer etc you're in the exact right spot i can imagine for marketers to help them to uh, predict and to help them yeah, predict what what they what they should spend, how they should spend their money. So, can you share some insights there as to what you've seen happening the last years? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at, I mean, one one great uh, truism um, across our our customer base is that if you look at the analytics that they've been running across, say, 2019 versus 2020 versus 2021, and then 2022 year to date. If they had planned for, let's say, 2021, based on what worked in 2020, uh, they they would have been substantially wrong. So, past is not prologue anymore. We're not we're not in a steady state right now. There's a lot of curveballs that are constantly changing the parameters of the game. And so if you can't keep up with that, if you can't adjust, however incrementally, right, um, in, in, in response to those changes, you're going to find yourself really far out uh, at the end of the year, right? I mean, you, you're just, uh, it's sort of, it's a, it's a navigation exercise, right? And uh, if you've ever, uh, you know, if you've ever gone on a, uh, on a sailboat you know, across you know across an ocean, or even just a two or three day sail uh, in the ocean. What you what you will realize is, is that if you're like two degrees off course at the very beginning, that's just a few feet. But if you stay two degrees off course out three days, you're going to be several miles off course. You're going to be on a different continent. You, you right. You will not get to where you're. <laughs> supposed to be going right um, so, and that's a that's a big part of the value of proof right there so how could you make this a little more tangible maybe with an example as to how your marketing mix modeling analytic solution actually helps marketers here sure so let's say i'm going to keep this simple it can be you know a lot more detailed and 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 complex right but um Let's say that you're investing uh, your marketing spend in five major channels against, you know, you, you want to grow top line revenue. 
uh, based on these investments. Each one of these investments is needs to be evaluated in terms of how impactful it is. Uh, and you're also going to need to look at time lag when you look at that, right? So most brand investments, for example, are heavily time lagged, meaning you're gonna have to wait uh, months usually before they start to take hold and have an impact on your business. Um, then they will last for a fairly long period of time. But if you don't reinvest in those with some frequency, right? You, what you'll see is a, a gradual fall off in impact, right? So then, then stuff that is more, um, it's faster, the time lag is less. So this would be, you know, kind of in general demand type activities. Mm -hmm. They could they could start to pay off in six weeks, maybe four weeks, but they're also extremely perishable. So if you don't maintain them, they're going to go away. Their impact is going to go away very quickly, like two months, right? Uh, if you don't reinvest in that area, if you don't keep investing in that area, you're just going to see a dramatic fall off very quickly in terms of uh, cause and effect. All Absolutely. of these five things also have an interlocked effect, meaning they're not just operating in silo one to one to one to one to one, right? They they also come together and, and they multiply or divide sometimes the effectiveness of each other. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to understand that. And this is all really basic stuff in terms of the math. It's the, the proof doesn't have any new math in it. This is all about automation and, and consumability. This is all about helping people use this to make better decisions. Um, so the key here is to be able to say, okay, you know what? I see how this all works together as a portfolio of investments. Um, and I see where I need to dial this one up and I maybe need to dial this one down. Occasionally, I mean, this is probably not going to surprise anybody. Uh, field marketing events, you know, have basically been zero um, for 18 months, 20 months or so uh, in terms of impact and efficacy. Um, and so you, you, you know, a lot of people chose to zero those out because, you know, it, it wasn't working. Other people, you know, took a slightly different approach, did a lot of virtual events. Uh, I think those were also very effective for a time and then became steadily less effective as people's fatigue around uh, video conferencing and things like that mm -hmm. started to really weigh on it. So you've got to, it's stuff like that, you know, you have to be able to say, you have to be open to the idea that just because something is working right now does not mean that it's going to work forever. Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's so true. So um, taking that into account, I, I would say at every company should be using this kind of solution, like a marketing mix modeling solution. Um, but fact is that, that well, in practice, I've, I I see well some companies use it, but you're in this business every day. So, uh, what what do you see? Which industries do you see using 
the solutions the most and and what kind of companies are using it now yeah it's not so i mean you can make some generalities regarding industry i mean certainly retail um bc uh e-commerce all those guys use mmm mm -hmm. um it has been much less used in b2b although that is now really changing um the you know and there's there's so i mean for example our customer base cuts across uh, a huge number of of industries um and so the math is equally applicable to all businesses what changes what is custom if you want to think of it in those terms is what are the questions? What are the business questions or the marketing questions that they need answers to? And also the specific, there, there's always a kind of a nuanced version of a classic question um, that, you know, that you, you know, that has to be modeled. And then the data types that are used to arm the model clearly are company specific, industry specific, uh, things like that. I mean, a great example of this is sort of random, but but I think it'll make the point clearly. For some businesses, uh, increasing uh, interest rates are actually a tailwind. They're a business benefit. For most, however, it won't be, but it's contextual. And so you have to be able to, you know, to say, well, in this particular case, uh, we know that interest rates are really important, but the rising interest rates are actually positive for us. So that has to be factored into the model. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cool. So um, I can imagine that listeners might have more questions on this. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll share a link to your LinkedIn profile and to your uh, website of Proof Analytics. So people can, can reach out to you should they have any questions after this interview. And with that, I would like to thank you very much for being on the Marketing Technology Podcast, Mark Stoops. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.